0: Tony Brains, this is the place where the conversation is pointed. The guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Today, we are going to Texas by way of Vermont with Gail Graysell. I'm so glad to have her here, you know, to pin her down, number one. She's a writer. She's a poet. She's a musician. And she's a no-man traveler. I mean, she just gets out there and just goes. And I love that. I admire that. I'm a traveler myself. Um, but she just roughs it. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to have an amazing poetry reading by her. So let's welcome her to the show. How are you today, Gail?
1: I'm doing fantastic, April. Thanks for having me here. Oh,
0: thanks for being halved. I'm so glad that you're here that I could pin you down. Uh, How did you get from Vermont
1: to Texas? Did you drive? Did you fly? How'd you get there? I drive. I have a old 2004 Toyota Tundra pickup truck with a cap on it. I camp out of the back of it and I just go where I want to go and find, you know, where I need to stay, where I go, when I go there. So it's, that's how I drove. And um, here I am in Austin, Texas, probably through the winter at this point in time. So a little more sedentary than usual. Well, it takes courage, <laughs> you know, cause you could run across weather or
0: you could run into some, uh, you know, some places where there's not a lot of lodging, you know, why did you decide just to, well, number one, how did you get the courage to just pick up and just decide to go wherever you wanted to?
1: Well, life was getting too much of a, bit of a rut. I think, you know, back in 2014 when I first started traveling and I just needed a big adventure. So my first time on the road for a whole year, I got on a Greyhound bus and just traveled. I did some couch surfing. I rendezvoused with some friends. I, Camped. I went some, did some hiking, and I just found my way around the country for a whole year. So I went back on the road again in 2016, and again in 2018, again a year each time. And I drove those two times so I could get to places I really wanted to go. Some national parks. I found some free camping. And I just thought, you know, if I don't do it now, I'll probably regret it. I was 57 when I started that traveling bug. So looking back over my shoulder, I didn't want to get to the end of my life and say, why didn't I?
0: Now back a little bit. What was your (laughs) formal career? University. My formal
1: career, I, I have two, actually. I started as a classically trained oboist with a music performance degree. Ooh. And then in my mid-20s, felt like, mm, I don't know about that life choice. And so I picked up a second career as a custom cabinet maker and furniture designer. Wow. And that's been 37 years of that. And I just retired during the COVID, um, you know, hunkering downtime. And I also started teaching classes to women in woodworking, which is probably the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, you know, I I was telling
0: you uh, in the green room uh, about my husband having an infatuation with the woman on the home show. The flip it, he would watch her and I said, what? He said, baby, I just think it's so sexy when she puts on that tool belt. (laughs) You bet. I have my own power saw. I have my own tool belt. And it's great uh, to learn how to use And then look at the beauty that you've created. But I mean, you do some really ingrained detail work when it comes to cabinet making and stuff. That's very, very personal. That's your signature line, I'm sure.
1: And very details. And I think that this, the cover, um, the carryover of the, the detail work from music and the practice of a skill and the attention to detail to the cabinetry, and then now into my writing as well. You know, the, the musicality of poetry and the words and how they go together as a puzzle, as they go together as a whole design element. I carry all of that through every creative thing that I, I do and, and focus Absolutely.
0: on as I go forth. So tell me a little bit about the writing. How did you uh, make that a craft, something that you really poured your heart into?
1: I started actually, um, well, I have to go back a little bit because it's a personal challenge of mine in terms of using words and speaking. My father, back when I was a kid, would always say, sit down and shut up. have nothing worthwhile to say and so it took me a lot of creative time to get to a place where I thought I'm going to go after writing now and go after what I want to say through words so in 2013 I took a five-week creative writing class just to just to put my toe in the water just to see what it would be like and just really loved it and I felt like I really had something I really wanted to express through words and so as I traveled um, that first year around the country by Greyhound bus I did a travel blog. I wrote a travel blog and used that as my my template and as my uh, exploratory uh, notebook. And, and I just loved having that creative outlet as I travel. People could come in and read, and and my friends just gave me lots of validation. Oh, this is really great! You should do more. You should make this into a book. You should write more poetry. You should Absolutely. keep going. And so I just started on the road. You know, my solitude, studying more about the writing. Craft and also experimenting with how I wanted to have that come out as expression for me.
0: And then also with the musical background, I mean, now you can write song lyrics and
1: Sure. Next
0: thing you know, you're going to be on the uh, CMAs. <laughs> you never
1: know. That might be next. <laughs> you're in Austin's a music town. So if I play my cards right. <laughs> so have you got, do you have your book there? I do. Let's see it um well my book my travel memoir isn't out quite yet so that's in process i'm working on designing the cover right now and also getting the last editing done so i do have a book of poetry that i put together um my travel memoir poems on the road oh so this is a compilation of my published poetry over the last eight nine years that i've put together um, with some photographs that i've taken as well so it's a little compilation well, share with us. All right. So um, here's one of the poems that I, I actually wrote in response to my journey in life, which is to really excavate and unfold what's in there. Coming back to my father's voice again. Yeah, you know, there was there was a repression about you have nothing to say, and I wanted you know I as I uncovered more of that as an adult, I found that we have what we need within ourselves already and it's just about finding those things. So this was inspired by actually a poem by Stanley Kunitz called The Layers, which says, although I lack the art to decipher it, the next chapter in my book of transformations is already written. It's called The Challenge. She slathers hues onto canvas cadmium red or cerulean blue, alterations of word pigment through a soft bristled brush each supple utterance another stroke, stippled, dragged, splattered across stories of courage emerging, of becoming more. She says we cannot realize which affairs from our past might come alive on the page, each unfurled in detail revealed, clarity ripening from risk or fear erasing our reach. If we sustain brush to paper, Tempered tones. Only time unfolds the way to see. The patina latent in the landscape is the gateway to our capability.
0: That definitely gave a voice to what you were saying. It yeah, it's really a thing. Yeah, I'm no longer, you know, suppressing what I'm feeling. I'm talking about it with textures, with colors, with the vibration. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. What is your inspiration where do you find your happy place when you go to write poetry or just maybe write an essay
1: i think my happy place is yes poetry for sure because i again there's that musicality and i love the the meanings and the shades of meanings of words i love to to stretch them i love to play with them and see how they can actually dance across the page I, I do a lot of dancing so I feel like there needs to be rhythm there needs to be some kind of punch in there and some movements so that's um so I love sitting down and really really revising and working poetry
0: were you an only child or were there other siblings
1: I had a brother I have a brother
0: yeah and so did your father give him a voice
1: he's well, his was similar you know to mine you know which was you know we don't want to hear you we just Stay to the side, we don't want to hear you. My brother took a very different trajectory, not as creative, very much, you know, more mainstream in how he works and you know has a family life. I never got married, you know, I didn't have children. So he kind of went that direction. I went the rebel, the out the outcast direction. Yeah, the
0: outlander. I love it. I love it. But it's good that you were able to um open up because that's a very full container. And it can explode, it can implode, it can lead to depression, it can lead to, you know, alcoholism, but you use a creative outlet using your hands, using your talents, and using your words. What would you say to a woman right now that is, you know, just kind of lost and, and roaming around, doesn't know what she wants to do, afraid to take that first step? How would you encourage her?
1: Well, I would look at what her gifts are, what she feels her gifts are, and start in a very small place. In my teaching with women, that was really important for me is to have them start simple and start with one step. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be too much. But what can one do to understand what they feel good doing? Almost like what you were saying, where's your happy place? You know, what, Where do you start from that seed? And then you can grow from there. Take the first step. That's really the, the what we all need to do is just take one little tiny baby step and then see how that feels and keep growing from there.
0: What is Somewhere that you'd like to go that you haven't been. I mean, you know, you're, I hear a lot of domestic travels but are you also looking to explore other countries?
1: Absolutely. I actually went to Switzerland for two weeks in June with my best friend. We had been, she and I had been talking about this for decades, someday we should, right? And the world's getting harder to be in these days. So why wait, why do that? So that was a really great trip. I'd love to do more in um, Scotland and Wales. I'm a hiker and a backpacker, so I look for mountains and the big dramatic mountains, right? I'd love to get to Alaska. I know it's more of Canada and um, you know, those places that have some pretty dramatic landscapes, Patagonia, I'm a mountain person. So I tend to look for those, those particular countries.
0: Uh, you don't, Do you have a dog? No dog. It seems like, you. Know, I, don't, I don't know why I just assume that when people travel like that, they always have a dog to keep them safe, you know, so they, they can hear. And also somebody to walk with and hike with. But you didn't find a dog, but what you did find was love. So I found some love. Tell me about that experience. You know, you're a woman of a particular age. Uh, and so, again, you're traveling around. You seem very comfortable with who you are. You know, you need outside influences or another person to validate you, but just stumbled across it. How did that happen?
1: Well, it's been a long, a lot of years, been 10 years, and I wasn't looking for it. That's when it happens, right? (laughs) And so as I travel, I go to certain places, and um, mostly I go there to either hike in the wilderness, which is by myself usually, but it's also to dance. So I, I come into community to dance. And I was here coming through Austin, as I do every winter, and I have a few friends I've made here and have a place to stay. So I go to these dance halls and meet up with friends, and there he was, and he asked me to dance, and I said, okay, sure. And then I kept running into him at different honky-tonk dance halls, doing some two-stepping, and he kept showing up, and... As we talked more and more, just in you know, conversation at dances, I realized he's also a wilderness guy. He really loves to travel very simply. Uh, the back of his pickup truck, he does have a dog, you know. So it's it's um it felt like there was enough there for me to go, okay, I should pay attention. And because I'm so nomadic these days, I do own a house in Vermont, but I now retired, I don't need to be there, which means I can be anywhere and I can create a life anywhere I want on the road or in any part of the country I want so why not explore you know what this connection can be and see where it wants to go so it's still very new since well, last night
0: oh yeah <laughs> and, and I've been married 39 years and it's still new to me someday. excellent
1: <laughs> excellent oh, good.
0: but th- it's very important that um you know we don't give up on love we don't close down and become introverted you know, because you're traveling alone doesn't have to mean that you're alone. The world is your oyster, you know? And you find all these wonderful things, music. I'm sure that uh, that really, um, that was exciting, but also to know that you could uh, cut a good piece of wood and know how to use a nail gun. (laughs) I'm sure that was very attractive as well. So let's ask you some fun facts about you, Gail. I know a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, If you were a car, What kind of car would you be and
1: why? Uh, uh, Can I have a truck in there too? I'm a pickup truck. A car, a truck, a van. Uh, uh, I think I would have what I have, which is my Toyota, my old 2004 Toyota Tundra pickup truck. You know, it's not so new that I have to be careful with it too much. It's off-road, about four-wheel drive and clearance. I can get to where I want to go because that's who I am, right? I want to go where I want to go and get there and not feel like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't have enough oomph um, for power and that kind of thing. So I, I, yeah, pickup truck. So
0: tell me some of the musical genre that you like to play. Do you still play the
1: oboe? I have recently given it up. When I started traveling, I had to put that down. I play many things. So I do travel with music. I have a ukulele that I'm learning how to play. Wow. I have a native American flute, which I'm a wind player. And I have, uh, I play piano, so I have some keyboard stuff with me in case I find a piano I want to sit down and play. So I I do take that with me. And I, because I play many things, I I am not afraid to learn new things. Uh, My career as an oboist was great, and it was a long time, and I felt like it was ready to be put down. It's not a traveling instrument. I would need to really, in order to play with the people I want to play with, be rooted in one place for a while and i didn't want to do that anymore so it was it was time to let that go a a symphony or i I did chamber music and solo work um mostly not that i'm not a symphonic player and that's where i kind of had that initial how do i want to put my life together with my music is that I like symphony players but um symphony playing but I also like to be a soloist. so I have my own creative ideas I don't want to be playing for somebody else's creativity okay. so I but small groups small groups yeah
0: who's one of your favorite
1: poets David White mm. still living I just feel like he really gets into the heart of the inner of the inner journey the inner relationships and how we can have relationships with everything around us in a very meaningful way. And so I'm very inspired by, by reading his poetry and listening to him read his poetry.
0: That's amazing. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be?
1: Blender. A blender? Blender.
0: (laughs) I get a lot of blenders.
1: I get a lot of blenders. Yeah. A lot of people like to mix it up. That's what it is. I'm just so, you know, diverse in what I do. People once asked me, you know, as a woodworker, do you make musical instruments, wooden instruments? And I said, no, I keep it very separate. <laughs> I have that, I have this color, I have this what I'm doing over here. That's a very separate thing. But then they all come together to make the tapestry, right? To make right. the blended smoothie or whatever we're making
0: Absolutely. to put
1: ourselves together.
0: I tell people all the time, I want to be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. Uh, that's good, too. <laughs>
1: So when you got into how did you get into woodworking? What sparked that interest? Well, yeah, I was doing my music thing and I was in my mid 20s and I realized it wasn't really the career path that I wanted to take as my primary path and I'm sitting in therapy saying I don't know what to do I have no idea what to do now. And by chance, at the same time, we were talking about different um, directions and options. I picked up by, oh, chance or by destiny, I don't know, a woman's uh, carpentry book and I, bought it and I thought, women doing carpentry, this is wait a minute. I grew up in a very what I call a gender specific family. My right. brother did the tools. I got the sewing classes and the cooking classes and whatever. And I read the book and thought, wow, I mean, what must this feel like to actually make something with your hands, to even build a house to to whatever. And so a couple of years later I moved to a new town in um central Massachusetts and there was in the little local paper an ad for a cabinet shop looking for some non-skilled part-time help and I applied for the job and they hired me and I spent 10 years in apprenticeship with them before going off into my own business and it was just the most amazing journey it was almost that like that book was the precursor of what was to come for me in terms of my own empowerment my own creative journey my own capabilities
0: right You tapped into something. I don't know how much of this you want to share, but uh, I'm going to ask anyway. Finding your identity and working through any challenges you have, you know, in therapy. So many people are struggling with their mental health. Mental health is not something that you can see outwardly. You know, I mean, I look at you and I'm like, wow, look at this dynamo. You know, she's got it all together. But then inside, you've got something brewing. What would you say to that woman that's struggling with her mental health and encourage her to, you know, to do some deep dive and try to get well.
1: Yeah, don't be afraid of of um, the stipulation of, of seeing, seeing someone, a counselor of some kind, and finding one that you can really work with. And knowing, for me, I think the important piece of that initial um, dive was to realize that I'm going to be okay. I'm being supported. I'm being held by this person, which means I can go into the darker places. I could admit what I need to admit to myself. I can ask for help and I can also realize that I can be the instrument of change for myself. I have to choose it. I had to choose my change and uh, it is possible. It took a while but it's possible and with the right support you can actually work through these things and get to the other side and Thank keep going. You keep growing.
0: Yeah because so many people are suppressing it suppressing it and a lot of times they don't really understand what's going on Or there's a new realization. Once they come out of the fog, they're introduced to a new person. Yeah. They're introduced to new opportunities, a new insight, but also to new challenges. So once you have been able to do that deep dive, uncover, you know, uh, the challenges and work with those, you'll always have those tools like you have in your toolbox, and you will be able to build a much brighter future. Thank you so much for being on the show uh, with me. Oh, what a pleasure,
1: April. Thank you so much.
0: So insightful and so encouraging. I'm going to go out there. I don't think I'm going to do any woodworking, but I might get my paints out. (laughs) There we go. Need a new coat of paint and brighten that up. That's good. And I'm going to get out my pen and paper and go to the beach and write some poetry because I'm a pretty successful poet, too. I've written uh, three books and I've sold about 26,000 copies of those books. So again, I understand the power of the word, the pen, and the song. Thank you so much Excellent. for being here. Tell my brains how to get in contact with you if they want to be encouraged with you. If they want to uh, purchase some, um, purchase one of your book, your upcoming book that's coming out, or the one that you have existing. But also, they might want to meet you at the honky tonk. <laughs>
1: that's true. <laughs> so I'm. Um, people can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram at Windleaner. And I have a travel blog, which I can check out some of my travels at galestravel.weebly.com. And I'm working on an author page right now. So it's not quite up and running yet, but it's coming. Well, we're excited. I'm going to put all
0: of her contact information in the back. Go in, check it out, be inspired, be encouraged to get in your truck and drive.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> all right, brains. I need you to go in. Please like, love, share, and subscribe. To the channels linkedin twitter instagram facebook blog talk uh that's how we get this information to you this is how we keep you encouraged how we keep you informed and make life fun thanks again gail you're the best
1: thank you bye
0: brains. <laughs>